Welcome to the podcast of Selmore Baptist Church in Ozark, Missouri. To learn more about our church, please visit selmorebaptist.com. And now, here's the sermon. Awesome. I feel like I've worshipped already today. How about you? Someone has defined worship as the proper response to the revelation of God. And I certainly sense his presence here today. My name is Dennis, and uh, I am recently retired from the First Baptist Church of Willard. I count a joy and a privilege to be here with you today. As we retire and get older, sometimes we do not get as many opportunities as we should to be able to fill the pulpit. And I, again, I thank you all for allowing me to be a part of your worship service here today. I'm reminded of the preacher that was invited to go to lunch with the family. And as the preacher was there in the living room while he was left alone there, and the little five-year-old boy was there, and he said, Preacher, I bet you can't guess what we're having for lunch today. He said, Fried chicken. No. Pork chops. No. He said, Pastor, we're having buzzard. So, son, I, I think you've made a mistake there. We're not, oh, yeah, just on the way home from church today, Mom said, I guess we got to have that old buzzard for lunch today. <laughs> By the way, we do have re- reservations for lunch already, so I appreciate the invitation. Okay. Let's pray together. Father God, it is good to be in your house today. We sense your presence here, Father. Truly, you are wonderful. You are a counselor. You are a mighty God. You are a prince of peace. You are everything to us. Now, Father, as we open up your word, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would forgive me where I fail you. I pray, Father, that I may decrease and that you may increase here this day. We love you and praise you now, Father. Take control of this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Romans 6.23 is our text today, which says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What a wonderful gift of salvation that we have. So I've entitled this message today, When Heaven Came Down. That's what we see in creation, when heaven came down. The first point is this, that the Father wrought it. The Father wrought it. That little word wrought means made with great care. I truly believe that in creation, whenever God created everything, he created everything out of nothing. He spoke it into existence. He spoke it by ex nihilo. He made everything out of nothing, and it was good. Creation was a fantastic thing that God has done here for us creation, a wonderful thing that God is made with great care and with loving kindness. He also instituted within the creation, he established the family unit, the families there in creation. Then uh, we also realize that even though he created man in his own likeness and his own image, he knew from the very beginning that one day man would fall, would fall from grace. And then at one day, There was a plan of redemption, a plan of salvation. The gift of God, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The Father wrought it. He made it with great care. Secondly is then, the Son bought it. 
In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, the Bible says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he, Jesus, purchased with his own blood. The Father wrought it, but the Son bought it. He bought into it. He knew that what was going to take place. There are some Bible studies out there that we need to be careful of, okay? One in particular, a number of years ago, I purchased this one that I was going to do on a Wednesday night, entitled, They Like Jesus, But Not the Church. Ooh. And I, as I started watching those videos, I thought, I can't show this to the church, because the man that was there doing the videos, he literally took his Bible and started ripping the pages out of the Bible. I would suggest you not get to that study. I did not show that to our church. Jesus thought that the church was worth dying for. He bought into it. So we also ought to buy into it as well that we need to love the church just as Jesus did. Now the church is not this building. The church is not that at all. The church is a local body of baptized believers. The church is you. That's why Jesus died for you. The Father wrought it and the Son bought it. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit taught it. In John chapter 14, verse 26, the Bible says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get a little bit uh, uneasy when we start talking and thinking about the Holy Spirit. But I truly believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I don't fully understand it, but I do realize that they are equal in nature, yet subservient in duties. The Holy Father, God the Father says, be holy for I am holy. And whenever we think about that, we're thinking, well, I'm not sure how to do that. That's where the Holy Spirit comes into play. The Holy Spirit then says, this is what you need to do to be holy. The Holy Spirit convicts us and reveals himself to us and shows us how to be holy. And whenever we think about that in and of ourselves, we cannot be holy. That's when Jesus taps us on the shoulder and says, I've already done it for you. I've already done it for you. Amen? The Holy Spirit... The Father wrought it, the Son bought it, the Holy Spirit has taught it. Number four, Satan fought it. Satan fought against it. Where did sin originate? In heaven. In Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. The Satan has fought against everything that God has created, that the Son has bought and the Holy Spirit has taught us. Satan is alive and well today, and he is fighting against us as well. We see that Satan fought it. He even fought against Christ. You remember right after Jesus' baptism, what, did, what happened to him? You remember what happened? The Bible says he was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He was there. And after the 40 days and 40 nights, what happened? Satan comes to him and starts tempting him. He says, well, if you be the son of man, why don't you command these stones to be made bread? What did Jesus say? 
said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out from the mouth of God. And then Satan takes him a little further. The Bible says he takes him up into the temple. Now, I assume this is probably the southeast corner of the temple, probably first to Solomon's porch. And they tell me as I read and study about the temple that it was some 600 feet from the valley floor up to the Solomon's porch on the southeast corner of the temple. It's probably at that point that Satan took, led Jesus up there and said, what if you be the son of man? Why don't you just cast yourself down here? And then he twists the word a little bit and he says, well, the angels, they'll catch you and they'll take care of you. And what did Jesus say? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Anytime that Satan attacks us, as Jesus did, he quoted the Word. The Word is our, is our defense. It is our off, defense and offense against the enemy. Then the Bible says that Satan led him up into a mountain, into a high place. He said, look around. If you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all of this, all of this here. And what did Jesus say? He said, get behind me, Satan. Get away from me. The Lord thy God is the one that you must serve and Him worship and Him only. As I think about that, I think about up into the high mountains. This last summer we had the opportunity and the blessing of celebrating 50 years of marriage. 50 great years of marriage. We went to Glacier National Park and it was a wonderful time. It was the creation that God has made. And everything he has made is good. And as I think about that, Satan said, I will give you all these things. Well, hooey, God already owns all of that stuff. Amen? <laughs> he didn't have it to give. The Father wrought it. The Son bought it. The Holy Spirit taught it. And Satan fought it. And how does he fight in it today? Sin originated in heaven. Then it came to earth in the Garden of Eden. And what is the first thing that Satan attacked? The family unit. The family unit. Adam and Eve, husband and wife, he attacked the family. He's tried to cause division within the family, even in the Garden of Eden. Can we not say that the enemy is alive and well today and he is trying to cause division in our family units today? People are trying to redefine, to come up with a different, different definition of what the family is. We don't need a definition of the family. We need a demonstration of the families who are under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit and God Almighty. Sacred is the family unit, and the enemy is trying to tear us apart, even today. Father wrought it, the Son bought it, the Holy Spirit taught it, Satan fought it. But the rich man, Nicodemus, sought it. In John chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I believe today 
that in every person there is this empty void from the time that we're born and we're trying to find something to fill it. And the only thing that can truly fill it is the Spirit of God. That is the only thing. Even though this rich man Nicodemus saw it, he was looking in areas where he should not have looked, but eventually he did find it. Amen? Amen. The Father wrought it, the Son bought it, the Holy Spirit taught it, Satan fought it, the rich man Nicodemus sought it. Then number six, the thief on the cross caught it. The thief on the cross caught it. In Luke chapter 23, verse 39, then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, I love this, Assuredly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. What a wonderful testimony there. Two thieves, one on each side of Christ, one denied Christ, and one begged for mercy. And it was very simple. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I think sometimes we make salvation a little bit too complicated. That you have to say a certain verse. You have to say a certain prayer. You have to do a certain thing. I can remember in the Bible that there was one Gentile who said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he was saved. The thief on the cross caught it. And as I was thinking about that, you know, he didn't have to come down and be baptized. He didn't have to join a church. He didn't have to go through rituals. He didn't have to dress a certain way. He didn't have to have certain dietary codes. The Bible says, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And as I got to thinking about that, I thought, that's what I would probably define as a quantum leap. <laughs> Think about it, a quantum leap. Then I got to thinking, I'd look that up. You ever look up the word quantum leap? It says quantum leap. It originated as a synonym of quantum jump, which describes an abrupt transition as of an electron, an atom, or a molecule from one discrete energy state to another. I see that as a quantum leap, don't you? That he came from there on the cross, and immediately he was with Christ in paradise. What a wonderful testimony there today. You know, salvation is kind of, kind of simple. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our, our Lord. That's when heaven came down. When Christ came down from heaven and died on the cross for sins. Then the last point I have is this. I've got it. I've got it. I've never gotten over it. I grew up in a Christian home, and I grew up in a different era than some of you. And the times in which I grew up, you would come to church, and people would come around during invitation time, and they would come up to you, right to your face, say, are you a Christian? And I noticed whenever people were doing that, 
that if they said no, they just kept hounding them and trying to push the gospel down their throat. So whenever they come up to me and ask me that, you know what I told them? I lied. I said, yes, I'm a Christian, and I knew I wasn't. I knew I wasn't. That was a time in my life that was not so good. I knew I was lost. And there was a man by the name of Lynn who would come and visit us at our town in Bunker. You probably don't know where Bunker is. You have to pump sunlight into that place. It's a little bitty old town. And this guy, Lynn, he was surrendered to the ministry. And he would come and visit us in our little house there in Bunker. It was the third house that was ever built in Bunker. Had three rooms and a path. Had a tin roof. And the siding was green rolled roofing nailed on the side of the house. You know what I'm talking about? No foundation or anything. And we had this dog, Prince, a boxer. His name was Prince of Lexington Square. He was a big dog. And I can remember Lynn coming and visiting us. He'd come to the gate. And that I never did sick the dog on him. But I never did try to calm the dog down because the dog, he loved to jump up and lick you in the face. And I'd be standing around the corner of the house when Lynn would come up and I'd kind of sneak around and look and hear Lynn would come through the gate and the dog would just jump all over him and I was just kind of laughing at him, you know. Lynn had surrendered to the ministry. And he'd come and visit mom and dad hoping that someday I would be saved. And I knew what he was doing there. One day my dad bought a new truck. He gave me his old truck. A 1948 black Ford had a flat-headed six and a four in the floor. And I was out at my dad's garage one day working on that. And my dad wasn't there, I'm sure not just by chance, and Lynn comes walking in the garage there. And I was working on the accelerator of, of the truck. It wasn't working right. And Lynn come up to me and said, So why don't you just kneel down here and accept Christ as your Savior? Said, Your mom and dad would just so much want you to be saved. And I wouldn't do it. I kept pushing him away. Shortly after that, Lynn got sick. Wouldn't go to the doctor because he got wrapped up in this different belief, uh, different church that believes a little different way. They didn't believe in doctors. You know, you don't go there. He finally got so ill that they couldn't save him. By the time he got to the hospital, he, he, he passed. He died. And I thought, this is how bad I was. I thought, well, at least he won't be bothering me anymore. Horrible, horrible thought. It was in March of 1971. They were having a revival there in First Baptist Church of Bunker. On Sunday morning, March 21st, 1971, they gave the invitation, and I didn't go down. I stand at the back of the church. It's kind of back, back over in this corner, back over in here at the church. Invitation was over and people were walking around. All of a sudden, I felt an arm at my side. 
There's my mom. She was crying. I looked at her and I said, Mom, it's okay. I knew it wasn't okay. That time the pastor came up to me. Doan Johnson was the pastor, First Baptist Church, a bunker. He said, the evangelist was Brother E. Clay Poe from somewhere in Arkansas. It's somewhere in yonder country. I don't know. He said, Brother E. Clay would like to see you back in the office. And I thought, well, I know what he wants. So, okay, I'll go back there with him. I went back in the office and sat down in front of the, front of the desk. Brother E. Clay came in. He sat down on the corner of the desk. He looked at me square in the eye and he said, son, wouldn't you really like to be a Christian? And I thought, wow. No one had ever approached me that way before. Always before they'd trying to shove the gospel down my throat. Here he just asked me a simple question. Son, wouldn't you really like to be a Christian? And I said, yes, sir, I would. But I'm scared and I'm not sure I know how. And I began to cry. And I said, God, forgive me. God, please forgive me. Brother E. Clay ran out of the room, ran out in the hallway. I said, Brother Doan, he's got it. He's got it. My mom and dad came in. We were hugging and crying over each other. I remember the neighbor lady that lived across the road from her. Her name was Lula Burris. I'll never forget that. She said, Dennis, my son was about your age whenever he got saved. Heaven came down that day for me, and I've never gotten over it. As we make ready for the invitation here today, I would ask you this. Has heaven come down for you? If you're here today, let me ask you that simple question. Wouldn't you really like to be a Christian? Wouldn't you really? Perhaps you're here today and you have loved ones who aren't Christians. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Go back to them and tell them how much you love them and be praying for them. Let's stand together at this time. Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus. I pray now, Father, as your presence is in this place through the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Father, if there's anyone here who does not know you as Savior, that today would be the day that they would let go and accept you before it's too late. Father, take control right now. In Jesus' name, amen.